0: Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey.
2: And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Mandalorian weekend.
1: Yeah, I will tell you that uh, this weekend has been a long time coming. Matt and I are very excited to bring it to you. When we think back over the course of the last year, uh, really longer than a year, almost two years, uh, since Disney announced that they were going to be doing a live action adaptation um a live action uh, series of of star wars the fandom went nuts uh, a personal experience here before we even get going you know i had the pleasure at the of being at star wars celebration uh in chicago in 2019 and then they did the mandalorian panel we were at the galaxy's edge exhibit but they were broadcasting it live and you should have heard heard the craziness the the the, the pandemonium of fans who, when they played that trailer, just went absolutely... It was louder than when they did uh, Rise of Skywalker because people have wanted this for so long. And so you know, we've had a lot of people, Matt, who have asked us, why haven't we done a Mandalorian episode yet? Why don't you go ahead and kind of just tell everyone why it's taken us this long to get to it?
2: We really wanted to do it justice. I mean, and this is not just with the Mandalorian. This is with any of the big movies or TV shows or parks attractions that uh, Disney that are in the Disney universe. It's we want to make sure that they get their time in the sun and that it's not just a throwaway thing. So we decided to do this Mandalorian Weekend where we release an episode on Friday, release an episode on Tuesday, and we'll be doing some stuff on our social media channels throughout the weekend as well to talk about the Mandalorian. So definitely check those out as well. Um, So we, we, we wanted to really give it its, its time and we wanted to set up a round table discussion with a bunch of guests. So we have two guests here today. Casey, you want to do some
1: intros? Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, it's a round table. So we have brought on two star Wars, Pan, just crazy fans uh, who who absolutely love the franchise. They're also very good friends of mine. Um, I want to first introduce someone who has already been on our show. You you were first introduced to her during the pin collecting episode. Hello, the wonderful, the lovely Miss Amy Birchman. Hello. So excited that you can be uh, with us today. And then the second person we want to introduce introduce the the first time to the show. Uh, the wonderful, I'm not going to say lovely, although you can be lovely, Mike. The wonderful, lovely. the lovely uh, Mr. Mike Langford. Hello, Mike. Hey, Casey. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on. And Amy, uh, Matt, we have to say something real quick about Amy. This is being the second time on our show we can officially call her a friend of the pod, right?
2: Absolutely. And this is a momentous occasion. We—we we, Someone went on an episode and had such a great time they decided to come
1: back. Yep. Oh, I love you
3: guys. This is so much fun. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> so we already know how I got into Star Wars. We already know how Matt got into Star Wars. Let's just do a brief, just kind of, how did you guys get into Star Wars? So we're going to start with Mike. It's your first time on the show. Mike, how did you get into Star Wars and become the Star Wars quote-unquote nerd that you are?
0: Uh, I've just always uh, been interested. I mean, I watched, started watching the movies when from the earliest memory that I have um so I mean I was born in 85 and the the first uh trilogy was you know finished by 83 so I mean I w- I've been watching the movies uh since then and, and then when the uh when the prequels came out and all the uh, all the shows that were on uh uh Cartoon Network so Clone Wars uh, and then when Disney took over uh Disney XD uh doing Star Wars Rebels and then they just finished uh, the, uh, the last season of the Clone Wars I've, I've always been into Star Wars the whole just the whole idea of it uh, and
1: uh, yeah it's, it's just it's one of my favorite uh, uh, series beautiful and then Amy obviously we, we already know about you about how big of a Disney nerd you are so let's move into the Star Wars realm You know, I have literally watched you dress up in Star Wars garb at work before. So talk to us a little bit about how you got into Star Wars.
3: My parents were fairly young as parents for me. So I was born in 80. I was born right in the, you know, heyday of the original trilogy. And my parents watched it. So I grew up with it. Um, I told Casey a story the other day that one of my prized possessions as a child was this little darth vader figurine that i carried with me everywhere (laughs) um i don't know whatever happened to it but i just have very vivid memories of that particular um toy as a kid and it just is something that's always been there so and i am a i am a sci-fi fantasy junkie so pretty much anything that revolves around science fiction and fantasy is in my realm
1: (laughs) that's beautiful so here's we're going to start with The Mandalorian now and I want to start with kind of a general question overall. You know, it's been a few years since they announced that they were going to do this and obviously we're 6 months removed from the series coming out on Disney Plus. I want to take you all back to when they first announced about The Mandalorian. What was going through your head? What were your expectations? And the second part of that, did they meet exceed or were they did they not meet your expectations. And I'm going to pass this one to Matt first. So Matt, when they first announced The Mandalorian, what was going through your head and did Disney succeed at, at meeting, exceeding or not meeting your expectations?
2: I pretty much lost my mind because <laughs> I am I am more in the camp that TV and miniseries in some cases are a better way to tell a story than a movie because in a movie you only have two and a half hours. And we saw this with rise of Skywalker, where there were all these plot holes and that there was, okay, we have two and a half hours to tie every loose end in every star Wars movie that has ever been created. All right, go. And, and whereas with TV, you can develop something in season one that pays off three seasons down the road and it builds on the characters and all this other stuff. So I, I, in general, not just with Star Wars, but I am so excited for more TV things. MCU as well. I'm excited for these TV series coming to Disney Plus because I think you can just do more with them. I think season one pretty much met my expectations it felt very much like a setup for future seasons obviously I mean we know obviously season two is already on its way and the stuff that I've read that Favreau has already started writing season three mm-hmm. and I mean how many shows my, my wife and I are watching through uh, Parks and Recreation right now and that's a show where the first season is like ah it's good. It's fine. But then it really hits its stride. And I think that that this show is like that where I liked the first season, it met my expectations. But I'm excited to see how it's going to pay off in future seasons.
1: So that's where I want to go to our special guest now. So I'm going to go to Mike on this one. Mike, do you agree with where Matt's stance is on that?
0: Uh, well, it really exceeded my expectations and that's the reason being is because I had no real expectations to begin with. Um, so in, in terms of the, uh, the new, uh, sequels, I wasn't, uh, super happy with those. So I would have to agree with Matt and, um, how they can tell a story through multi-episode television show and multi, multi-season. I think you get got a more complete story that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went, I went into it, um, just with a very open mind, I didn't really read anything about it. I didn't watch the preview. It, it came out on Disney Plus. I said, "Okay, I'll give it a shot," and then I was completely blown away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you compl- know, when you think
1: about that too, to your guys' point, you know, you figure each of these av- average episodes were about forty-five minutes in length, right? So you figure there's eight episodes. That that's about a trilogy's worth of material just in one season, right? But you know, approximately, give or take, that's a lot of storytelling. And to your point they can get a lot more granular and a lot more more detailed uh, in in that regard were was there anything when you say it exceeded your expectations Mike were there any high points of the season for you that that made it to the point that yes this is this is absolutely what the Star Wars universe has been missing that really brought it to that level that that exceeded your expectation
0: well I think the the main theme behind any Star Wars tale is uh, is, a, is a story about either some sort of redemption in some sort of way or or hope. I mean, the under that's the underlying theme. At least what I get from from Star Wars is hope, uh, mm-hmm. and we saw that throughout the entire first season of working to this point, and and now they have a, a clear path of uh, of where they're going to go and and how he's going to take care of uh, the child.
3: Honestly, I must have been living under a rock when they announced the show previously because I had no idea it was coming. So I didn't know about it until probably right before Disney plus went live, I'm going to say. And I kind of went into it very skeptical. I was like, well, this is, this could be really bad or really good. And, and it really did exceed my expectations once I saw it and, and, and discovered that it was going to be available. I've watched a lot of the the extras that they've put out as well. So I kind of enjoyed some of their reasoning for things that they did as well. But and, and in a whole prior to that, just watching the episodes and the series, I really did enjoy it. And I do agree with Matt that um, series television or just like a short docu series, can do something way more justice than um, a movie because you have more time and to put in the details that you need.
1: Yeah, and so I, I want to. One of the things that Disney Plus made the decision to do very early on, not only with The Mandalorian, but really with all of its original content, is unlike other streaming services like Netflix where they release everything and make it binge-worthy all at once, one of the decisions that Disney Plus made the decision to do was to release these episodes one week at a time. I'm curious to know if any of you guys have a take on whether or not that contributed to the success of the series overall. And I'll open this up to any of the three of you.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unpopular opinion, maybe, but I love that they do that. I, <laughs> All right. I I think it builds the anticipation, and it it I talked with a ton of people. I remember I was working at the Disney store at this time, and the episode would come out, and we'd come into work, and and someone would be like, "Do you see it yet?" And then we'd have to like go in a corner and like talk about what's going to happen, and that was cool, rather than just like. Oh, you know, have you watched the entire thing yet? I just sat down and watched it all. It, 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 it spread it out over. I don't know uh, um, if either of you felt that way, or whether you would have rather have helped, Whether you would have rather just binged it.
0: I totally agree it's it's definitely like weekly water cooler sort of talk of uh did did you watch last night's episode oh my god uh and and really and really built uh anticipation for it and what i do when i watched it every week i just i would watch the prior episode before the new one again just so Mm -hmm. in case i missed anything and just to get a refresher of hey you know where 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 the path of the story is going uh but i think doing it weekly like that and not just binging it all at once you're able to really critique or absorb the information uh in a story better than just having this one big okay i just watched eight hours of uh <laughs> of, of of television and now my brain is just completely overloaded with information and maybe you're not processing it the way that you that you would if it's uh, if it's done weekly
1: it definitely made friday night cuz i think it was friday nights when they released it or fridays it made friday nights for me you know cuz i usually was was working at the disney store on friday nights so i'd come home now mind you this is holiday time so it was late friday night usually 11 o'clock i'd be home and i'm wired from working so it's like all right let's flip it on let's watch let's watch the show tonight <laughs> and it just it made like decompressing and then i remember one of the episodes i I can't remember which exact one it was but one of the episodes they released early i think it was thursday or wednesday to be able to put that special preview of rise of skywalker in there the week that rise of skywalker came out and that was the talk of the town and i think from a business perspective it just made total sense on disney's part because you know one of the things that a lot of people are able to do with netflix or others is that oh you know i'll subscribe to netflix Binge the entire series and then give up my subscription and I don't have to pay for next month. Well, they don't really have to do that with Disney plus or be, or they can't do that with Disney plus because the episodes keep coming and, you know, Disney has done a really good job about letting people pay and get a discount on a yearly basis. So it really kind of keeps the, the demand for these shows coming, which I, I think is really, really smart. Before we continue with today's show, Matt and I wanted to say thank you for being part of our journey. You know, we've got some exciting news to share. Podcast Magazine, the nation's premier podcasting magazine with over 20,000 subscribers nationwide, is doing a feature on us in their July 2020 issue. We couldn't be more excited. If you're a huge podcast fan like Matt and I are, we invite you to subscribe by going to podcastmagazine.com. You can choose a digital-only option for just $7.99 per month or other options for digital and print and be on the lookout for our under the radar article in the leisure section premiering on June 30th. We'll be sure to share it in our Facebook group as well. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Please take a minute to rate and review us as Matt always likes to say five stars, five stars and share the show with your friends. Okay. Back to this week's episode. So, I want to transition into content now. We've done a good job talking about overall, but let's talk episodes. Let's talk the meat of the show, right? And, and what I want to start with is this. Um, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this one to Amy first. Amy, was there within the eight episodes of the first season, was there a particular uh, episode that was, Your personal favorite.
3: I particularly enjoy, and it's just one moment out of this episode, and I don't know why. And it's very, I want to say it's probably a popular opinion because this particular moment has become a meme all over the place. But it's the episode where where they meet, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name now.
2: Uh, Cara Dune.
3: Yes, where they meet her, and when they're fighting, and then all of a sudden they stop, and the child just standing there with his soup sipping it.
1: I think that's episode four, actually, but yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you're right, because that's when he meets Carrie. Yeah, it's the one that all the memes have been created about where <laughs> I that I went into
3: work the next day, and nobody that was in my department watched the show. Nobody in my in my area of work was into Star Wars at all. And I was like, you guys have got to watch this because this was the best moment. <laughs> that was my favorite episode. For one, it showed um, when they're in the vi- in the farming, the village, um, it showed the Mandalorian's kind of like softer side, I would say,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. where he almost took off his mask. He almost, um, you know... He realized he couldn't leave the child alone. He had to stay with him in order to keep him. It just kind of, to me, was it just was an episode that stuck out more so with with multiple facets of it.
1: We're going to talk more about the child in a couple of minutes because we can't do a Mandalorian episode without <laughs> referencing the absolute enormity of what the child has done for the Star Wars universe. So let's, we're going to parking lot him for just a second. I want to go to Matt and Mike. Same question. Was there a particular episode that was your favorite and why uh, Mike we will go to you?
0: Uh, yeah, my uh, favorite episode, it, it was, it didn't have really anything to do with the whole main story, um, but was uh, the episode called prisoner yes yeah we he we yes, yes, joins yes, like yes. this ragtag group of of outlaws uh to uh to break uh another um you know out, outlaw out of uh, a, a new republic uh jail and I, I think i i really liked it because i've you know everybody likes a good heist story or you know an escape story uh so we got to see a bunch of different characters and also one of my uh my favorite comedian, Bill Burr, uh, was in it, and I was, and I had, I had no idea that he was going to. I was like, "Holy cow!" I was like, "What the heck is he doing here?" But if you've ever seen, so he sometimes gets these acting roles. Uh, like he was in a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. He's been in a couple movies, uh, and then he was here. But he, his range is exactly who he is. Is he's just like some punk from Boston, <laughs> and that's basically the role that uh, that role that he played, except in space. I, I thought it was, I thought it was just a really cool episode.
2: I'm going to echo that like that's that's the, the the prisoner episode is the best episode. And part of it is the the cast that they have for it. So um, you've got Clancy Brown plays Berg um, and uh, you know him as the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob, <laughs> as well as the lead prison guard in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um so there you go unsee that one. Um, <laughs> and and then for those of you who are Star Wars Clone Wars people the uh new republic soldier that they meet in um uh blanking the control room um that is that's D- uh Davon and he's played by Matt Lanter who uh previously voiced Anakin Skywalker in the series Star Wars the Clone Wars. So uh, I, I learned that uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> so interesting there, but that when the Mandalorian is uh, spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't seen this, what are you doing? But still spoiler alert, the, he, the Mandalorian gets betrayed and then gets put in a prison cell and escapes. And at that point, it is shot like a horror movie where you're mm-hmm. cheering for the monster to get everybody. Yes. And the, the one where Mayfield is walking through and the lights are blinking and you can just see the Mandalorian approaching him. I, 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 I have re and watched that scene about 10 times because I love it every single time. It's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, It that that again, that episode is also my favorite episode. It, it is... It is written, like you said, like a horror movie where you are rooting for for the villain. You know, I'm doing, a, I'm looking at it a little bit here. All these episodes: episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, episode seven and eight were all written by Jon Favreau. There are only two episodes that were not written by Favreau: uh, episode five, the Gunslinger, and then episode six, the the Prisoner. And and you can just tell that there's a a serious break from. The theming, the energy, but it goes such a long way to establish h- how much of a—and uh, again, I, I'm allowed to use this word because it's not too bad of a word—but how much of a badass he really is. I mean, he—it is an amazing episode. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, when when you see—you know—I think there's three of them locked up in in, in, in the cell. Um, and he, you can tell that he didn't kill them. They're just they're locked away, you know, and he got the best of them. I mean, that, that just it's such the way they go to the links to 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 create that. I can I would have loved to have been on set to watch that that scene got get shot. You know, that kind of speaks to a larger overall idea with the show, which, you know, there are TV shows out there where if you miss one episode of the show and you move into the next episode, you can feel lost. And then there are other TV shows out there where if you miss one episode of the show and move into the next episode, they're all kind of self-contained. This show is almost a combination of both, where (laughs) every single one of the episodes is kind of a self-contained story, but they all add up to a much bigger picture. I agree that on points of that where they
3: are their own individual stories and yet they are all still connected and watching um and I think it's the gallery which is the extra that they've done on Mm -hmm. Disney plus with the Mandalorian um I think it has to do with the fact that they used multiple directors as well Mm -hmm. um not every episode was the same director but they were all collaborative at the same time so I think that each episode has its own personality due to that as well.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that.
2: It's Matt. similar to how the MCU films work, where they're all fitting in this one general story, but each film is its own personality.
1: I, I feel like there were, there were multiple Arcs too. Like there were individual stories. There's the one greater story of who is the child and and you know the Mandalorian kind of becoming this father figure. But there's also just multiple arcs that kind of do take place between between episodes. You know, characters who maybe appear in one episode, but then we don't see them for two or three more episodes down the line. And you know, and they kind of all culminates you know in episode seven and episode eight. Where did anybody? Did any of you guys have a favorite arc? Uh, maybe that maybe wasn't necessarily an episode, but an arc from, from the show that you kind of liked where this character went from where you first saw them to where they kind of wound up. Anybody want to talk about that?
0: So that would be with the uh, the bounty droid or IG-11. Uh, yes. <laughs> so of just going from a straight killing machine, <laughs> which uh, which we saw in the first episode, um, and then in the last two episodes where he is... Now, his main function is nurturing and protecting, and but also still being com- a complete killing machine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, you gain, uh, you know, a respect, and that, uh, I, I think also the Mandalorian sees that, you know, where he, the the whole theme was that he hates droids, he doesn't trust them, mm-hmm. he doesn't like working with them, and then you know, he felt sad at the end when this droid was going to die. Uh, and even the droid made a joke about it. Like I can sense sadness, and, you know, I'm built for nurturing and protecting now. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool arc.
2: Yeah, actually. So the guy who voices IG, IG 11 or IG 11 is um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Apologies in advance. I'm looking at the pronunciation, but it is Taika Watiti. And um, he, you know him from um, he directed Thor Ragnarok. Um, also, if, um directed um, Jojo Rabbit, which um, received the uh, Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. If you have not seen that film, I highly recommend it. Um, anyway, that's a regardless thing. But he's also now signed on to direct um, and co-write an upcoming live-action Star Wars film. So that's well, interesting. He, also directed,
1: he directed Episode 8 of, this, of Season 1. yeah absolutely yeah and yeah and like you said if you like thor ragnarok and you like that sense of humor that was in there i'm excited to kind of see them bring that into this universe because i think there's a place for it for sure um what were what were your guys' thoughts on on keel uh keel uh nick nolte's character did you guys like him what did you like his arc kind of the way he progressed
3: Uh, i really liked his arc actually This also comes from watching the gallery (laughs) because they went into like how they pulled some of these obscure um, characters from some of the movies and pulled them in to give them different arcs. And he was he was one of them. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: So his um, race was an indentured species in the original movies. And they wanted to show that there was, you know, still growth and movement outside of that particular once the fall happened and, you know, move forward. And I going watching the gallery and then I rewatched some of the episodes just after watching the gallery, it kind of like brought into my mind a better understanding of him as a um, character, too.
1: Do you know about our partner, Riss & Cal, the makers of the Frills cell phone accessory line? In a galaxy far, far away, technology seems to be out of this world. You can order a touch of that technology with Frills wireless earbuds. With amazing quality that you get from the more expensive branded ones, you can pay just a third of the price. Frills offers other accessories like a multi-charging station, silicone accessories for your earbuds, and even a magnetic charger as well. The best part is if you use the coupon code beers b-e-e-r-s at checkout you'll get 15 percent off your order plus if you spend fifty dollars or more you'll get a ten dollar gift of your choice oh yeah don't forget that a portion of your profits for every item sold through wrist and cow goes to help a charity in need so go to fourfrills.com shop and enter coupon code beers at checkout get great quality at a great price and help support great causes back to the show. What were the moments throughout season one that just made you go, Whoa, man. Oh my God. I spilled my beer or just made you go, Holy smokes. I, I can't believe they just did that. Or you, you were, you just really excited you. And again, I'll open this up to anybody who wants to start.
2: So for me, I mean, clearly, this is maybe a cop-out answer, but it's it's the end where Moff Gideon breaks out of the Tie Fighter and he has the Dark Saber. It, it yeah. took me like fifteen minutes to go like like process that. I was like pacing my house, like, okay, wait, what does this mean? Because um, of course, being a Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels fan, you tra- the Dark Saber has a huge uh, story arc in those shows. And so you go, okay, wait, where is that saber now? Who has it? How did he get it? What's going on? And it, it just, it, it, it consumed me for a good 10 or 15 minutes. And I mean, we talked about the prisoner episode. That whole episode had me on the edge of my seat. It was just so good. Uh,
0: probably when I went, whoa, was when uh, he broke into uh, that, the headquarters or the safe house to rescue the child. Um, and, you know, he's facing certain death trying to add, you know, all hope is lost. And then all the other uh, Mandalorians are supposed to be, you know, in secret, mm-hmm. their tribe. So so they're protected. They come out and they just they rescue him and they just light everybody up. And then yeah. when he's uh, <laughs> which was which was just fantastic. <laughs> and then when he's flying away and then the the other Mandalorian has the jetpack and he's going by and gives it, you, you know, one of those uh you, you hear it almost like every like corny '80s action movie, but I gotta get me one of those <laughs> when, he, <laughs> he, uh, when he's talking about the jetpack. So I, I thought that was that was really cool, that whole sequence kind of blew me away.
1: I don't know about you guys, but the one for me, I mean, I mean, and as corny as it is, was Episode One when you see the child for the first time. Yes. I mean that 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 for me was the was the oh my god that's and again we've done a really good job. We've gone 31 minutes without saying the phrase baby Yoda. But at the time that was what every it's baby Yoda. I mean, everyone said that out of their mouth, like, what are we witnessing? What are we watching? And so I do want to transition the conversation to that just briefly (laughs) to talk about the international craze. That is the child. That is the quote unquote baby Yoda, even though that's not his name and, and the secrecy and, and in this day and age, the ability for Disney to keep that quiet.
3: I can't believe they kept it quiet. I can't, I can't believe they were it. able to keep that quiet because holy crap. That was one of those moments where I was like, what? And, and I still call baby Yoda. I'm, have been saying the child <laughs> on purpose, but I, he's just, he's so cute. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> pick him up and squeeze him.
2: <laughs> what a what a cultural phenomenon that became. I mean, I have not met someone, and so maybe if if one of you uh, are this person, I have not met anyone that's like, I hate Baby Yoda. I hate the child. I hate that character. Like everyone is pretty much like, yeah, I'm into this.
3: <laughs> no, I yeah, I have my actually, I'm on a on a bowling league, and my friend's husband and I were gonna go before everything was shut down when they announced that they were making a Build-A-Bear version. Um, him and I, as adults, were going to go to Build-A-Bear together to go get this Baby Yoda <laughs> Build-A-Bear. And his wife was like, you guys are ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you have any thoughts on the cultural phenomenon that is Baby Yoda, the child, whatever you want to refer to it as? Well, yes. Well, if-
0: it's it's baby until it gets a name it's baby Yoda uh, <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> <You're> here folks <laughs> and uh uh yeah I mean uh when the the little pod thing opened up and you just see these big old cute ears pop out I'm like oh my goodness yep <laughs> uh, but uh but I mean it, yeah it took over everything I mean t-shirts were released within like four days by um and they were they couldn't make enough stuffed animals um they had uh baby yoda margaritas i'm sure everybody's seen when they put the the two yes. lime wedges on the side mm-hmm. and then like a couple of like a uh, uh like uh like, like black cherries in there to be the big old uh big old eyes and it, it really uh it was a uh, a cultural phenomenon that even even if you weren't A Star Wars fan or knew or or knew about the Mandalorian show, you knew that this was out there. And I think that uh, created a whole lot more buzz about the series and probably got a lot
1: more people to watch it. I think that's a really important point, too, is that and I've heard many different commentators and pundits and all these people comment on this in Star Wars in general. There is nothing if you look at star Wars history, you know, it's 40 plus year history that it's been around, you know, it's had its ups, it's had its downs, you know, the original trilogy grabbed a whole generation of people. Then you kind of went dormant for a while. Then you had the prequel trilogy. And again, for all the flaws of the prequel, there are people who still look at the prequels and say, that's my star Wars. And then there was, again, it went dormant forever. And then when Disney bought, star wars there was a lot of people out there there were a lot of people out there who were it was kind of split there were people who were very excited about the direction that disney could take there were other people who were not so excited about it but regardless there was a lot of hope use that word earlier mike that disney would would kind of reignite the fire of star wars which had been dormant since you know a uh, revenge of the sith unfortunately the force awakens while it was successful, did not necessarily have the cultural impact that the original trilogy had, and dare I even say the prequels had when it was revitalized. Baby Yoda, the child, this is one (laughs) of those things that has got everyone talking. And and Mike, you said it best. (laughs) It, literally anyone, grandma knows who Baby Yoda is, right? Aunt Sally, who's never looked at a, at a at a Star Wars movie in her life, knows who. You know, you got you got Grandpa Joe going. Can you get me a Baby Yoda you hoodie? I mean, those are those are the things that in, in Disney. I'll tell you, Matt, you know this from working at the store last year during the holiday season. How many requests did we get for Baby Yoda merchandise over and over again? yet. And people would say, Disney missed the boat. Disney screwed this up. And I will argue to the day I'm dead that, oh, heck no, they did not. They knew exactly what they were doing. Well, it's, I
2: mean, it's economics of supply and demand. Now, I mean, I do think in some cases you can argue they missed the boat, but that's how they kept it secret. Because when stuff is in development. Stuff gets leaked and all this other stuff and people pick up on it. You know, there there are people that that's whose jobs it is. So when you don't make anything for it, there's nothing to leak from a merchandise standpoint. Uh, But yeah, I want to say about every third or fourth request of that someone would walk up to us at the store was for anything Baby Yoda related.
1: Yeah. And and again, yeah, maybe they missed out on sales during the holiday season, but you just said it's supply and demand. If you go into Shop Disney right now, the official, you know, Disney Store website, and you were to try to pre-order your baby Yoda, it has still got a backlog of ninety days. You're not gonna see this thing till September. Now people are already getting them. People have started getting them now. But it's got a backlog. So the demand is still there. And now imagine how much more of that. And we'll get into this on, on our episode on Tuesday. But how much more of that is going to be the fact when we get into season two. Right. With all the new stuff. You know, a lot of other things have been on people's minds the last 90 days. But, you know, Mandalorian, Jon Favreau has already said that that season two was not disrupted with the shutdown. So we've got new content you know, coming in a matter of a couple of months. All right, uh, we are starting to round the bend here, so I want to start to wrap this up. I want to just kind of get final thoughts, takes, anything that you weren't able to get out throughout the course of the show. Uh, we'll go around the round table. Any other thoughts on the first season of The Mandalorian? Uh, we'll do ladies first. Amy, what do you got?
3: I'm just really excited to see what's next, to be honest. I, with the expectations I had for this being totally exceeded, um, I'm really, really excited to see what, how they move forward.
1: Beautiful. And that's what our episode uh, on Tuesday is going to be all about is kind of predictions. What do we think is going to come of it? So that'll be the episode we're going to be doing. Same round table. Make sure you tune in for that. Mike, how about you? So uh,
0: I got two things. Uh, One being I really enjoyed how this was all new characters. I mean, yes, it's kind of like this, this, same continuing story, but I mean, it's, it's a, it is still a brand new story and these are all brand new characters that that got introduced. It's nothing got rehashed. They, they, they weren't trying to, you know, make somebody happy that, Oh, Hey, I was a, I was a prequel fan. I was a, you know, regular, uh, old school star Wars fan, or I'm a fan of the sequels. It, 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 was, Hey, this is a new story and these are new characters um and so i really enjoyed that part of it uh also the second thing i want to say too i guess one of those uh, spit your beer out moments that i had was when uh he took uh he took his helmet off in the uh yes in the in the in the in the, in the season finale and so i think everybody was expecting this like sort of like polished dude and then he took his helmet off i'm just like this guy needs a shower
3: <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so, uh,
0: but again he's been you know fighting in a battle for you know all day but it was it was like oh wow he didn't you know fit that same sort of mode of like you know action hero or or anything like that it was like okay he's a he's a normal dude and obviously he's got great abilities but he's still he's still a normal person just like anybody else out there
1: to that point, I was reading an article, um, uh, kind of Easter eggs that were kind of scattered throughout, and one of the things that they said was that it really shouldn't have even been able been named the Mandalorian. He's technically not from Mandalore; he's adopted, right? You know, and and I think that goes to a broader point, which is, uh, you know, you get lost in the everyday nature of this character, of this of this entire franchise. And to your other point too, this in a lot of ways, plays very similar to the way Rogue One played. You know, to a lot of people, Rogue One, it, of all the movies that have been created under Disney, Rogue One is the shining star for a lot of people because you don't know the characters, you're in the world, and it's got that edginess, that 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 feeling of, I don't know what's going to happen, so I can just sit back and truly enjoy this. It's not any of these other characters over here that I'm not familiar with. While at the same time, small tie-ins right you know you see the stormtroopers you know and again we're going to talk about season two in just a couple you know uh, a couple of days on tuesday we got some newer characters that are being tied in but or some characters that we know that are being tied in but for the most part to your point mike it's a brand new character set so that you really don't know what to expect it's a whole different world yet a world we're familiar with
2: one more thing that I just have to shout out as a, I appreciate Pedro Pascal who pa- plays the Mandalorian. What an acting job to display emotion when 99% of the movie, you cannot use your face. It is your voice and body language. And yet the character doesn't feel stiff or anything like that. Like he, even with like a turn of the helmet or something like that displays the emotion correctly. And that's hard. I think we, I think he yeah. makes it look so easy that, it, that we think, ah, oh, it's just, that's, that's you, you miss how difficult of an acting job that actually is.
1: As we wrap up the show, it is closing time for us on this particular episode, a review of season one, a hundred million dollar budget, well spent to get people tuned into Disney plus and really right now i mean when you look at star wars as a universe it is it's what's going on in star wars there's at the moment there's no planned movies in the future anytime soon So what we have to look forward to is live-action Star Wars TV series. This one, you know, there's the rumored Obi-Wan Kenobi one. There's some other ones that are being rumored. So on Tuesday, when we kind of pick back up this conversation, same roundtable, we're going to have Mike, we're going to have Amy, we're going to have Matt, we're going to have myself. What we're going to do is we're going to kind of forecast where do we think season two is going to go where do we believe um uh, you know where are the arcs you know what what loose ends were left in season one that we think they're going to pick up in season two you know talk about some of the rumors some of the speculation so i really do hope that you guys have enjoyed this particular episode part one of the mandalorian weekend matt if our fans and listeners want to get a hold of us how are they able to do that
2: you can enter into our facebook group beers and ears podcast um we have a great group there and lots of fun we post lots of fun stuff there uh fun videos and articles and great way to to stay up to date on disney things because we stay up to date on disney things (laughs) And Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. Again, because this is not just two episodes about The Mandalorian, but we're making a weekend out of it. We're going to post some articles, some photos, some hilarious memes. We encourage you to share those things to the podcast. Let's make it a Mandalorian weekend on not just when this episode releases on Friday and Tuesday, but Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as well. Let's make it a full five-day celebration. Um, As always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. And new episodes are coming out Tuesday and Friday. We got um, not just with Mandalorian on, on Tuesday, but lots of fun stuff coming down the pipeline
1: absolutely Uh, in fact uh, on July 3rd which will be um, after this episode this episode's today obviously Tuesday we've got the part 2 July 3rd we've actually got an episode all about our personal merchandise collections coming up so that's going to be a fun episode for you guys Um, so this episode's wrapped up for the day let's go ahead and raise our glasses this one's been on us thank you so much for joining us and uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend again stay engaged and we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great day, guys.
2: See you Tuesday.